This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, with you, joined by recruiting analyst Hank South. Does an outstanding job covering Crimson Tide recruiting for us there as a part of the 247sports.com network. Hank, how you doing? I'm good, Travis. How are you? Cannot complain. Uh, it looks like, perhaps, are we actually going to go through a weekend Hank, without commitments for this Alabama football recruiting effort in the 2021 cycle, or you, you think maybe we could have an outlier, a flyer that may crop up on the uh, on the radar, or do you think it might be a quiet weekend for a change? Well, if I say it's going to be a quiet weekend, <laughs> you know, it, you know, it won't. So, uh, you know, we'll see. There, there's nothing scheduled currently. You know, the past few weekends we've seen Damon Payne scheduled um, for this past Sunday. Um, the weekend prior to that, Terrence Ferguson, um, and then obviously the Brockermeyer brothers. So it's been a few busy weekends in a row. Um, there's nothing scheduled um, in, in terms of Alabama targets set to make decisions this upcoming weekend. I will say um, five-star cornerback Jason Marshall did tweet a week or so ago, August 1st, with the, the that side emoji eye that you know says something might be coming. He deleted that tweet. Um, but when, when asked about it, he, he told our, our Florida recruiting, uh, reporter, Blake Alderman, that it, it could be a commitment date. You know, he, he didn't say it was, but maybe so, you know, he, he's one to watch, you know, August 1st with, with him. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Jason Marshall, but in terms of, um, guys that are set commitment dates, um, there, there's nothing, um, on the calendar this weekend in terms of Alabama targets. And I guess understanding that anything can happen in the interim, uh, is August 15th more along the lines of uh, a set date that you're kind of looking ahead to based on what we've heard from some of these Alabama targets? It is. Um, and, and that could be a, I mean, it was, you know, before Marius Mims moved his, uh, decision date, it, it could have been three major Alabama targets, um, announcing commitments on the same day. Of course, Marius Mims moved his back to October, but August 15th currently um, is slated to see Kyrie Jackson, the, the junior college cornerback from East Mississippi, um, announce his commitment. And then Monkel Goodwine, who came out earlier this week, the four-star defensive lineman from Maryland, and, uh, and set his plans to announce on August 15th as well. So those are two really big Alabama targets. Um, we've written plenty about them um, throughout the months. Monkel Goodwine, you know, we've been writing about for the last year um, that are that are set to uh, announce their decisions. Bama is is very 
much in play for both of them. Um, Monkel Goodwin's actually trending to Alabama on the 24 seven sports crystal ball right now. His finalists are Arizona state, Clemson, Kentucky, and Texas A&M. Um, Kyrie Jackson doesn't have a crystal ball pick yet, but it does seem like Alabama is in a pretty good spot for him at this point. Um, you know, two weeks out, uh, Florida, Oklahoma, and Oregon are also in play for him. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that's one we're watching as well. So two big targets. It could be um, a big Saturday, August 15th for Alabama. I know Tim, our site publisher, of course, Tim Watts at BamaOnline.com. He put in a crystal ball for good wine, I believe, here in the last couple of days. Where are you at with him and also uh, Kyrie Jackson? Yeah, you know, I joined Tim on the the crystal ball with good wine to Alabama, um, and we've written about this. You know, it was always a question of whether you know Bama wasn't has been in a good spot for Monkel Goodwine. Um, had Bama put on the full court press, that was kind of the question. And, and now heading into his decision, it does appear you know that's happening. That you know they, they want to add him to the class, um, and so uh, with that you know being known now, um, you know we both put in crystal ball picks for Alabama. Um, you know, he, he's come out in the past and he, he wants to play in the sec. Um, obviously he has three sec schools on his, uh, his finalist list. Um, Texas A&M was kind of thought to be the biggest competitor. LSU was also in the mix, but now is no longer, um, uh, on his finalists list that he put out recently. Um, so, so that was kind of an update. And then Clemson jumped into the mix after Corey Foreman decommitted. So they're kind of lurking right there too but it looks like alabama's in, in pretty good shape as far as Kyrie jackson um that's another one you know i haven't uh, neither tim nor i have put in a crystal ball pick yet for him um you know i i'm leaning towards alabama for him you know i, I could see myself placing a prediction for him but kind of you know since we do have that commitment date set um uh, we know his his plans are, are still about two weeks out. Um, just kind of following that one a little bit for the next you know week or so before you know I make a final call on where I'm projecting. But if I was picking today, I, th- I think Kyrie Jackson is leaning Alabama. Yeah, still I guess a lot of moving pieces there in the secondary and with Marshall and some other guys on the back end of that defense very much in play. Quincy McKinstry, obviously, from in-state, a five-star corner. And speaking of five-stars, you mentioned Amarius Mims, the outstanding offensive tackle prospect from the state of Georgia, moving his commitment date. Is there anything to read into that, Hank, or what what do you think about that with Amarius Mims moving that date? You know, I think – as an Al, you know, if you're looking at it as an Alabama fan, you have to take that as good news. You know, he, he everyone's just assumed he's going to Georgia. You know, I think that's a fair assumption. You know, he's the five-star in-state recruit, been major Georgia target for a long time. That's where the crystal ball is trending. But I, th- I think it at least somewhat indicates that you know he, he's he's still thinking about this thing. He's not. 100% set on picking Georgia. You know, there's been other teams. I mean, he's named Alabama his leader in the past. Um, you know, some people think it's, you know, he, he's just kind of playing the recruiting game. He could be trolling, but you know, it, he, he genuinely really likes Alabama. I know he really likes Auburn. He likes um, uh, Tennessee as well. And some other schools on, on his finalists list. Um, so I, I think it's a, it's a good sign. If you're looking at it uh, from a Bama perspective um, gives the staff more time to work on him, potentially uh, maybe get him on a visit, depending on how this uh, recruiting calendar shakes out um, past the, with the, with this dead period still in place. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a, a positive because, you know, if, if it's in two weeks, you know, it's uh, maybe trending towards Georgia. There's not a lot of time to work on it, um, but uh, it, it kind of keeps that recruitment going. 
an in-state prospect of note, Dylan Brooks, an edge defender, kind of early on in this pandemic, uh, made waves when he committed to Jeremy Pruitt and the University of Tennessee. I know here in the last few days you have noted that Brooks says he's still in contact with the Alabama staff. Is there some flip potential there, in your opinion, with Dylan Brooks or could this be more of an Auburn situation in state? What what do you make of that with Dylan Brooks? You know, right now it's, it's, there's contact. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a huge press, um, on the Alabama end, just, you know, kind of similar to where it stood when he committed to Tennessee earlier this year. Um, but you know, it's worth noting there's contact with Alabama, with Auburn, you know, as far as like serious flip potential, I, you know, I lean towards more, you know, Auburn in the mix there for him. Obviously, you know, he, he has the Auburn ties and all that. Um, so, you know, it's something we're going to watch. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see, it, you know, if able Dylan Brooks get back to uh, Bama on a visit. Um, you know, he, he said in the past that, you know, he was closer with Holman Wiggins, his area recruiter from Bama than he was any other coach. That was obviously a while back um, earlier this year before he committed to the Vols. But um, right now, contact, I you know, how serious is it? I don't, think that serious yet you know but obviously that could change as Bama continues to evaluate him um and and, you know we we move forward in the process especially you know if if he has another strong senior season a strong year his senior season um and you know if Bama does put a full court press on him it it could certainly get interesting yeah it sounds like Brooks is perhaps growing out of an outside linebacker perhaps and maybe more into a defensive end type Mm -hmm. uh based on the the update that he is I guess in the 250 pound range now. So uh, that could change perhaps, uh, you know, his, how he's prioritized maybe uh, as a recruit, not only at Alabama, but perhaps at some other places as well. You mentioned contact and the potential, hopefully for some of these prospects to be able to get on campuses. I guess we're still dealing with a dead period that's been extended through August the 31st, I believe, Hank. And given what we've seen to this point and understanding that we're seeing conferences like the SEC at least come forward with scheduling formats like we saw from the SEC on Thursday of this week and going to a 10-game conference-only approach, uh, do you take that as kind of light at the end of the tunnel for perhaps this dead period uh, at some point coming to an end, or can you envision a scenario where this is pretty much what we've got right on up to the early signing period and perhaps beyond? I kind of, you know, in my opinion, and I'm not, you know, trying to speculate, but it, it just, I can't envision a scenario where, you know, visits, uh, at least visits that we're used to um, happen this fall. Uh, you know, they're, they're working on, you know, keeping these guys in a bubble as much as possible. You factor in bringing recruits from out of state from, you know, not um, around the program. And, and, you know, you don't know where they've been prior. They haven't, if they haven't quarantined, you don't, I mean, there's just so many different variables to it that I just can't envision normal recruiting visits happening this fall. And I, you know, the, they haven't extended the dead period past August 31st yet, uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see. And and I think it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, is, is there a normal early signing period, you know, that with the sec championship game set for December 19th, uh, you know, that's, two day or three days after what the early signing day should be. So, you know, it, how is this going to look? So, you know, we'll see, I can't really envision things. And, you know, we've seen some recruits tweet about how, you know, 
I think it's kind of starting to become clear to them that, you know, official visits may not happen or at least not happen in the capacity that they usually happen. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, but I just can't envision normal visits taking place this fall. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the Bama online podcast, I'm going to ask Hank South for his top three overall targets on the board for Alabama in this 2021 cycle that's uncommitted or perhaps even flippable targets on the board for the cycle and we'll get into a little hoops talk as well a recent offer from Nate Oates and the men's basketball program at UA to a junior college prospect of note we'll do that and more when the Bama online podcast returns right after this All right, Hank, so uh, let's get into it, and I know, look, you could go any number of sort of ways with a question like this. It's very much loaded, but when you think about guys that are still out there for Alabama football in this 2021 cycle, who would be your top three overall? And again, positional value, you've got some obviously – uh, guys of note in your own backyard here in state in Alabama, uh, top overall talents, guys like Mims that are still out there, even though you've piled up a nice haul of OLs to this point. I guess prioritize uh, three guys right now, if you had to, that, that you think Alabama has right at the top of that list. That is tough. You know, I, I, I kind of lean towards, you know, going the positional route. You know, I, I think cornerback, you know, we, we've seen Alabama hit on the big needs, you know, wide receiver, uh, the hit on. And I think that's still important to finish. Um, so, I, you know, I would, would include, you know, a guy like Brian Thomas or Malcolm Johnson in, in that mix of most important targets to, to finish out the class with. Obviously, the goal was to sign four. They're currently at three, um, three really good ones. Obviously, if that class signed, that would be one of the you know top receivers classes in the country. Uh, but the goal is to sign four at least. And, and so, you know, I would say, you know, Malcolm Johnson, Brian Thomas, they're in the mix. But I think cornerback is kind of the direction I, I, w- I would lean towards most in terms of most important targets left because there's a lot of, um, you know, highly sought after guys bim is after to quincy mckinstry um who is down to three you know when is a commitment coming not really sure i've heard signing day i've heard soon depends on who you talk to um <laughs> alabama auburn lsu in the mix for him um and i'm not sure really anyone has a great pulse on on where he's leaning you know i have a pick on alabama i think bama wins out in the end but i i don't even think Quincy really knows at this point where he's leaning. Um, Jason Marshall, we talked about him earlier in the podcast. Uh, I, I think he's a, a, a very important target to Alabama. Another South Florida guy, um, long 6'2", 180. One of these defensive backs we've seen, Nick Saban and, and the staff really covet. Um, he has Bama in his, in his top group. He actually went from the top three to the top five. We're, we're seeing kind of some reversals of, of top schools lists lately. So he's one of them, uh, Kyrie Jackson. Um, so I, I would say, you know, cornerback, uh, finishing out wide receiver, and then, you know, defensive line. You know, we've seen him hit on Damon Payne um, and Quinn Barnes, but I think that's another area, you know, Bama really would like to finish strong. Monkel Goodwin's got a com- commitment coming up. Shamar Turner's in the mix. And we've actually seen 
uh, Bama kind of make a resurgence, not really even a resurgence. They've been in the mix all along for, uh, for JT, uh, Tulia Molau from, uh, from Washington, the five-star defensive lineman, um, that, that Tim, Tim Watts reported on last, last week about Bama still being in the mix. So there's so many guys out there. It's got, I mean, you could, you could, you know, every day change kind of the list of who the most sought after is, but I, I think, uh, going by position is probably safest, safest at this point. Yeah. Again, it's a loaded question. And, and, I guess McKinstry, he, he he checks the boxes because he's positional value and he's a guy in your backyard mm-hmm. and obviously an elite talent and might even help out the guy we're going to talk about next, Nate Oates. Uh, Kool-Aid can get it done on the hardwoods as well. And speaking of Nate Oates, I know you updated this week on the website that Oates and Brian Hodgson, his ace recruiter, at least for this most recent cycle anyway, Antoine Petway, obviously very much in that recruiting mix as well. But looks like Oates and the Tide could be headed back to the junior college ranks for a, a potential pickup in Langston Wilson, a 6'9 forward from Georgia Highlands College, I believe originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What have you found out about Wilson here in your in your research in the last week or so? Yeah, we caught up with him after he announced his offer. Um, you know, hadn't really heard much about him, but you know, talking to him, he said he has 33 offers, so he's he's definitely on a lot of a lot of programs' radar. Um, Bama is the latest. South Carolina offered him the same day Alabama did, uh, but it, it, it kind of uh, you know surprised me how much he you know he's been following Alabama. He's been following Nate Oates. You know, we we kind of talked about his impressions of the program after he got the offer. Um, he said, you know, Nate Oates has, you know, done so much um, w- with JUCO guys in the past, whether it be a Buffalo. Obviously, he's he's already gotten JUCO guys at Alabama in, in the two um, signing classes he's had so far. And I, I think that really stuck out to him. He said, you know, the, the way they develop, you know, their bigs, um, you know, they don't just hang around the rim. He said they really, you know, it really impressed him that, you know, they, they work on developing their skill set and, and doing a lot of different things with them. So he had a lot of really good things to say about Alabama. Um, he, he really kind of liked the, the development of, of John Petty. Um, he, he mentioned that um, when talking about the offer. So I, I, I don't think Langston Wilson's uh, close to making a decision you know i think you know he's 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 wanting to take some visits and, and see some places he hasn't been to tuscaloosa yet but it, it definitely looks like this bama offer has, has caught his eye especially you know um with with, with brian hodgson being the recruiter nadotes and you know their history with juco guys um and, and just kind of the trajectory of the program i think all really have stuck out to him yeah and as we've seen both at buffalo and even in these first two cycles with Nate Oates at Alabama, uh, not afraid to go to the JUCO ranks. James Rojas, as you noted in the update with Wilson in 2019, and then Keon Ellis in this 2020 class uh, that Oates, Hodgson, and the rest of that staff recently put to bed. And versatility, you know, uh, there's a guy in Wilson that averaged 10 and 8 last season on the Division I junior college level. And uh, look, not a volume shooter, okay, at 6'9". But 31% from three when he did shoot him, that's not a bad number for a 6'9 forward, right? No, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it as a 5'8", 51-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Hank. Well, always great stuff for us there at BamaOnline.com. Always great stuff with us here on the Bama Online podcast as well. Catch up soon. Take care, my man. Sounds good. Thanks, Travis. There he goes, Hank South. 
BamaOnline.com. And if you haven't already, we would certainly appreciate you subscribing to the Bama Online Podcast, wherever you consume podcasts, whether that's Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, you name it. Leave us a rating and a review while you're there. We would greatly appreciate it that as well. And of course, hang out with us at BamaOnline.com, the premium message board of choice, the roundtable is where you want to uh, really camp out when you have the time. And we look forward to catching up with you again real soon, both at BamaOnline.com and right here on the Bama Online Podcast.